Thanks for joining us today. I'm Rob Parker, lead pastor at The Plant Church. Our vision is to know Christ and make him known. If you are interested in getting connected or if we can help you in any way, email us at info at theplantchurch.org. church planting. Amen? Okay. Everyone stand up. We're not doing this. Come on, stand up. All right. Turn to someone and say, today, today, God is going to do something. Today, the Holy Spirit's going to show up. And today, I'm shaking the turkey off me. All right. There you go. You can sit down now. So here's the problem. I'm always excited from the moment I get up to the time I go to bed, but when I sleep, I'm out. I'm basically in a coma and dead, so this is how I wake up, this is how I go to bed. But it's so funny. When we start this Christmas season, there's so much going through our minds. And it's amazing how in literally, before Thanksgiving, you go from like Thanksgiving dinner, getting together, 4 p.m., and then even before 6 p.m., Black Friday hits, right? Isn't it such a nightmare? All of the commercials go to Black Friday, and your mind shifts. How many of you love Christmas music? Anyone? All right. How many love Christmas lights? Huh? How many love Christmas celebrations? Like, like now it's on. It's on. And there's nothing we are going to do to stop Christmas, And I love the idea of Christmas because there's so much more to Christmas than we could ever imagine. But think about this. Think about the whole idea of every single Christmas movie. Whether it's Elf or Miracle on 34th Street, what's the one thing that they always try to tackle? Doubt. You have Buddy the Elf who's way too excited about Christmas. Anyone like that here? Anyone like Buddy the Elf? Okay, anyone like Buddy the Elf's father out there, right? Or if you think about Miracle on 34th Street, the problem is you have one person that's way too hyped about Christmas, and then you have someone else who is just struggling with doubt. Something happened in their life that caused them to question faith. The miracle of Christmas. And I love when you read the Christmas narrative. And and one of the hardest sermon series to preach is Christmas. I don't think people realize how hard it is for every single year to preach the Christmas message. But I actually love preaching the Christmas message because there's so much richness. And I think there's two things about the Christmas message that we miss out on. The ending and the real, real beginning. I mean the real beginning. The beginning before Mary and Joseph. The beginning before the hype of of just people having childlike faith and crazy faith. But the beginning where, where I believe, especially for this Christmas season, maybe more than ever, that we need to go to the very beginning of the Christmas narrative. Because here's what we want to do as a church. We want to help you reignite your faith. We want to help you reignite your faith 
in such a way that when you look at the Christmas narrative, it not only becomes exciting to you, but it brings spiritual life. Every single week for the next four weeks, we're tackling issues of faith. But I think it's brilliant, brilliant. And this is where I see how relevant the living God is. It's brilliant how before everything ever unfolded, that the first issue that he dealt with faith faith, was doubting faith. Because I believe in all of us, there's some stage in our faith journey where we struggle with doubting faith. Do I get an amen for that? And here's my only hope. We want you to get lit. Yes, it sounds a little corny, but we want you to get lit. We want you to reignite your faith this Christmas season. So you open space for God to do more than you could ever hope, dream, or imagine him to do. Let's pray together. Jesus, I do ask you that as we look at this narrative, that you would help us deal with our doubts. Whether it be some form of hurt, some, po- some form of pain, some form of, of frustration that we have had with you. I ask you, God, that, that as we are here today, we are saying we're showing up. We want you to speak to us. We invite you to speak to us. But I do ask that, that one little area of doubt, and just with your, your, your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to hear how I pray this. God, that one area of doubt, we want to call it to attention. We want to call it to attention so that Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, you can chase doubt away. And I declare this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, and we are going to begin in verse 8. It says, one day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week, as was the custom of the priests. He was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. So let's begin right here. Zechariah was married to Elizabeth, who was the cousin of Mary. This is before the whole narrative of Mary unfolds. And Zechariah was older. He was a priest. And his role was to go to the temple and to pray. Now, his number was called in that this. Every year, the priest would basically roll dice. That's what it means to, have, to, to do the lots. You basically roll dice. And when your numbers popped up, you would go into the temple and you would pray. And you would pray inviting God's presence to be with the people of God. And for 400 years, God was silent. Imagine that. Talk about the patience of the Israelites. Talk about the patience of the Jewish people. For 400 years, God had not spoken. 
And as a priest, it was your hope that the dice would be rolled, your number would be called, and you would be able to be in the temple for that one time that God would show up. But let's be honest. How many times have you gone to church and you feel like God's not showing up, God's not showing up, God's not showing up, God's not showing up, and then all of a sudden, God shows up. You're not ready for it. Has that ever happened to any of us? Where all of a sudden, like, like you're saying, I'm going to show up, I'm going to show up, I'm going to show up. And then you're showing up, you just hope that God does something tremendous. Now I think what happens oftentimes when we read these narratives, we go them through so quickly that we miss a component of this. As Zechariah was in the temple, check this out in the verse. It says, a, a great crowd stood out side praying. And so Zechariah's role was to intercede for the people of God by burning incense, but it was the people of God's role to stand outside the temple and to pray, begging God to show up. And so every time this happened, you would think that, was, that there was such great expectation. Have you ever noticed that when you come here on Sundays, Pastor Andrew is always a little too excited? Anyone ever feel that way? Sometimes you're like, dude, it's like the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Don't you know this is supposed to be like that quiet sermon? You're just supposed to get us into Advent. You're supposed to get us home as soon as we can so that we can go to work tomorrow. But no, there is an anticipation that every single time we gather God's going to show up. And so this morning, I didn't sleep well last night. And my buddy, my one buddy, Pastor Will, his, his name was on my heart. And I was praying for him and his church, all souls, that God would show up. And I prayed for West Milford that God would show up. And I was praying for Mawa that God would show up. But let's be honest. There are things in our lives that cause us to question areas in our lives that God will show up in. He may show up for you. He may show up for you. He may show up for you. But, but will he really show up for me? Let's continue in the passage. Verse 11. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary... An angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son. And you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom 
of the godly. And so as Zechariah is at the altar, as he's singing the worship songs, as he's reading the passages that would have been read on a yearly calendar basis, as he was there in anticipation and hope, but something wasn't fully clicking for him, all of a sudden, the angel of God shows up. And it's not just the angel of God, it's Gabriel. It's like the big angel, the number one angel. It's like God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Gabriel. And Gabriel shows up. And then all of a sudden, Gabriel just, he says, don't be afraid. Have you ever seen an angel? You should be afraid. You are in the presence of God. In the presence of God because of this. Angels carry God's presence. Not that they're God, but they are presence carriers of God. And I love what Gabriel does right away. He doesn't even allow Zechariah to speak. And all of a sudden, he goes into this whole discourse. And he says, this is what's going to happen. Your wife... Elizabeth is going to have a baby. And here's what you need to understand, Zechariah, and here's what you need to understand, plant family. God is going to answer your prayer. Amen. That's not even a word. That's not a word. Amen. Right? I'm going to come down here. I swear I'm going to come down here. You know? God, God will answer your prayer. Amen. And he goes, Zechariah, God has answered your prayer. In other words, it's already happened. I'm going to start crying. Because I love when God answers our prayers when we least expect, expect it. And he said, this child, this child is anointed. This child is anointed. He will be born, and when he is born, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. How many times have you read that in Scripture? This baby's special. And not only that, is he's going to be the prophet of the one who's going to lead in the charge of the Messiah. And not only that, he's going to have the power of Elijah. Now I'm going to go all charismatic right now. Hold on. Think about this. What did Elijah do? Elijah performed miracles. Elijah spoke to the people in a way that they knew that God was speaking. Elijah did things that we would only pray and hope to see happen in our day. Elijah had done so many things that people would believe that there was never going to be a prophet like that until the Messiah was about to show up. And this is what God says. Your son will be that of Elijah to this generation and moving forward. Parents, do you realize God has a calling on your children? And you may think you know what it is, but you have no concept of how big it is. Phoebe Joy has a calling from God. Just like Deborah had a calling from God in Scripture. Just like Rachel had a calling from God in Scripture. Just like Sarah had a calling from God in Scripture. Just like Elijah had a calling from God in Scripture. But what's so beautiful about this is that this is something that Zechariah could have never, ever, ever comprehended. 
And so he is surprised at the altar. Surprised. Do you know what Elijah did? Go look it up. Go look it up. Go look it up. The miracles, the wonders, the signs, the acts, for one reason alone, not for his glory, but to give glory to God. And so Zachariah's like, what just happened? I just came to light some incense. I just did what I was supposed to do. Now think about this. 400 years. God was silent. And he chose this moment to speak. Zechariah said to the angel in the next verse, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. He doubts. How can this happen? Our whole marriage, we begged for a baby. Our whole marriage, we, we wanted to be parents. Our theology, our Jewish theology says that children are not only a blessing from God, but it reveals that God's blessing is upon us. And yet, in all of our life, we've seen God provide, we've seen God do many things, we've seen how God has taken care of others, but there's one area in our life that God has never shown up. He's never blessed us with a baby. And our whole spiritual journey we have questioned, have we done something wrong? Are we spiritually and physically broken? And I think we need to be very honest. Doubt. Doubt's a form of self-protection from failed hopes. Amen? Doubt. It's a form of self-protection from failed hopes. And I don't think you, we really fully understand when you look at scripture how children were just an image of God's blessing. Well, having a full quiver. It was almost like the more kids you had, the more God loved you, which, which is not theologically correct, but that was, that was this, this lie that people were, were kind of putting into people and believing. And so he questions Gabriel. He says, how can it be? And I think we need to be honest with all of our doubts. We doubt to protect ourselves. And if you were to look at the areas of doubt that you have and that you hold on to and you let them grow, they, they become a wall of self-protection. And there are certain areas in your life and in mine that we will let God intervene in every area but a few. Is it possible this Christmas season God wants to confront our doubts? Is it possible? Is it possible that that one doubt that you've been holding on to, God is saying, this Christmas, you're here this morning, because God wants to confront it. 
He wants to call it to attention so he can confront it and he can bring healing and spiritual life in that one area. And what I love that what Zechariah does is this. He asks a logical question. How can this be? But here's the one problem. Human logic cannot stand up. Human logic cannot stand up to nor explain the presence and power of God. Human logic cannot stand up to nor explain the power and presence of God. Verse 18, then the angel said, I'm Gabriel. Do you know who I am? I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he, God, who sent me to bring you this gospel message, this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Where do you need good news? Because in this moment, the fulfillment of Zechariah and Elizabeth's good news is that they were going to bear a child that would prepare the way for the Messiah. And I think the one thing we need to understand is this. Doubt is silenced in the presence of God. Doubt has to be silenced in the presence of God. Doubt is not allowed to speak or have authority in the presence of God. And when Zechariah tried to allow his doubt to protect him from the words of the angel, Gabriel said, silence. You will not speak. Because I was in God's presence, I have brought his presence with me. So Gabriel said, because you have doubted, because you have missed this moment, I will silence you. There's three things about doubt that I want to bring up. First, doubt. Understanding our limitations is God's invitation. Understanding our limitations is God's invitation. There are certain things in our life that we can never accomplish. There are certain things in our life that no matter how hard we try, no matter every single thing that we attempt to do to accomplish something, we're limited. But here's what we have to understand. It's in our limitations that we invite the presence and power of God to, whatever, to do whatever God desires in our life. You know what I love about the whole, this whole passage about Zechariah? 
even in his doubt, God was going to do it. I, I really think that this is one of the things that really attacks faith. Amen? Right? I mean, think about this. There are things people say, you need to have more faith. You need to have more faith. You need to have more faith. You got to pray hard. You got to fast more. And there are times in our life that, yes, God blesses our faith. And things happen in reflection to our faith. But that's not the whole story of faith. God wants to overcome our doubts to show his faithfulness. And we cannot miss that. Because whether Zechariah was going to believe it or not, he was going to father that child. He was going to father that child whether he wanted to or not. Because that was God's call on Zechariah's life. And here's what you have to understand. Every single person in scripture God uses to do great things or be part of his eternal plan has limitations. Has limitations. Because it's in our limitations that we invite God to do immeasurably more than we could ever hope, dream, or imagine. But here was the big moment in Scripture. The big moment in Scripture was when those individuals recognized their limitations. And they invited God to supersede their expectations. Doubt, understanding our limitations, is God's invitation. Second, doubt wants you to miss the moment. Doubt wants you to miss the moment. I mean, think about this. Zachariah was praying, God, call my dice numbers. Call my lots. Let me be the one in the sanctuary when your presence shows up. We have no idea how many times Zechariah went into the temple to do this. This might have been his one and only chance. We have no idea, and we cannot theologically prove that this was his one and only chance, or if he was in there multiple times. But I do know this, that as a priest, as a priest, he would have prayed, God, call my number. Let me be in the temple when your presence shows up. But here's the problem with doubt. Doubt causes you and I to miss sometimes the biggest moments when God has shown up. You ever been to church be like, wow, did you see that? What do you mean? Did you just see what happened in someone's life? Did you hear what Pastor Andrew said? Did you hear what was going on in worship? Did you see when that person was prayed for and healing happened? No, I didn't see it. Why? Because something in you and I causes us to avoid the moments when God wants to do his most work. And so in that moment, Zechariah was saying, God, I'm here. Roll the dice. Give me that chance. Show me your presence. Show me your glory. Isn't that what you read in Psalms? I mean, these are the words that he would have been reading out loud. Show me your glory. Show me your shalom. Show me your presence. And when he lit that incense, he was saying, this is a sign that I'm giving you permission to come into the room. And yet when the angel showed up, I think the thing that allowed his doubt to be called to attention 
was not that the presence of God was in the room, but God was inviting Zechariah to be part of God's eternal plan. Don't you want to be part of God's eternal plan? But are you allowing doubt to cause you to miss the moments? And I need to say this again. Are you allowing doubt to be your number one form of self-protection? I think what we need to do today is we need to surrender that doubt with a new expectation that God will show up. And he'll show up in areas of my life that I least expected and I thought he was impossible, it was impossible for him to do. I just want to do a little side note. I love looking back at my life. I'm 30 years old in Jesus. In Jesus, I'm 30 years old. I'm really 49. But in Jesus, I'm 30 years old. And I'll never remember, I'll never forget when I was a three-year-old Jesus follower. And there were certain things that I thought Jesus could never, ever do. Ever do. And there came a point that I was a follower of Jesus. And there were certain things that I said, God, I'm going to surrender all of my doubts. So I give you space to use my limitations so you can exceed all my expectations so I can give you glory in how I live my life. When I look back 30 years later, I see how God provided the perfect one, my Eve. I see how God has blessed me with four amazing children and a son-in-law who I prayed I would have. I see how God is positioning my children in in different ways that, that they're going to supersede anything that I've ever wanted to accomplish. I see that when God called me to church planting that he was going to put me on a journey that was going to be the hardest road that I would ever take, but the people that he put on my heart that I loved dearly, he was going to invite them to come on the journey with us. Andrew, Jillian, you were an answer to prayer. And there's no other people that we would rather do this with. And I see that when I've surrendered my doubt, that I open doors for God to do immeasurably more, not only in my life, but in my lineage lives, my children's life. How awesome is that? And as many of you know, we're going to be grandparents. And now we're not only praying for five individuals, we're praying for a sixth because God's going to do immeasurably more in that little girl's life as well. When we surrender our doubts, we open the door for God to do more. But we have to be able to open the moments for God to overcome us. But let me leave you with one last one. Doubt. I believe it's only overcome 
in our worship. And that's where Zechariah missed it. He missed it. He missed it. When Gabriel said, yo, Zach, you're having a baby. And this baby's going to supersede everything you ever hoped, dreamed, or imagined. You know what Zach should have done? He should have jumped up and down, started dancing, going crazy, so someone thought something was happening in the temple. He actually had an opportunity to make enough noise to get the crowd outside hyped for what God was about to do. But he trusted human logic more than the truths of God. I want you to think about what's that one doubt in your life right now. I want you to just think of that one doubt. What's that one thing that you doubt God can do? What's that one thing that you believe God cannot do? He can do it for Lindsay. He can do it for Jersey. He can do it for Karen. He can do it for everybody else but you. What's that one thing that you say, I would love for God to do this, but he cannot do it for me? What's that one thing? Anyone want to shout it in faith? Amen. Amen. You know what the cool thing about that is? He loves your family more than you. He loves them more than you. He loves them more than you. What's another doubt? What's another doubt? What's something that you actually believe that God would do for everybody else but you? Okay? You're healing. I'll never forget that Sunday morning right here. God healed you. The one thing you thought God could do for everybody else, maybe not even do for anyone, he did for you. He doubted he would. But yet, even in your doubt, God was bigger. Here's where we need to, like, get proper theology. God does what God wants to do. Amen? It's not about your faith. It's about his faithfulness. And there are areas in our life that, yes, faith plays a component. But the truth is this. God formed you in your mother's womb. And all the things that God has written in time, they will come to fruition as you allow him to. Don't miss the faithfulness of God. Because all God was showing Zechariah and Elizabeth is patience for God's perfect timing. It wasn't time for little Johnny to come to earth. It wasn't time. It wasn't time. They weren't positioned yet. But God will fulfill all the things that he has ordained for your life. And you cannot stop it. So here's what you need to begin to do. Stop doubting. Stop doubting. And begin to celebrate God's faithfulness through worship. Zechariah was silent for nine months. I bet you Elizabeth's like, wow, you're really a good listener. (laughs) He's like, can't do anything else. But the moment he had to name that baby, this is what Zechariah prophesied. And I thought about this yesterday. We have no idea if Zechariah ever prophesied before. You know that? 
Because prophecy is God's voice speaking through humanity for what he wants to do, not only in humanity, but through humanity. He says, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people, he has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been faithful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And now he gets to speak prophetically over his child. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give us light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. You know what's so awesome? Zechariah finally got his voice back. But it was almost too late. He could have been singing this all the way up to this moment. But he allowed his doubt to silence his understanding of God's faithfulness in his life. It was great having you with us today. We do hope that this sermon inspired you to know Christ and make him known. For more sermons and resources, please visit us at plantchurch.com.